you have to pay attention to how people refer to your business, how they refer to your customers, and again, how they feel the same way about theirs. And again, if they don't have anything to lose for themselves, don't hire them. Because a lot of people believe for a title, simply to just have something to do for their own selfish reasons. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of creation. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Join me, Athena, as I learn from artists, creators, and entrepreneurs about the tactical and emotional methods they use after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What Happens in Between. Today, I have with me Delilah Antoinette, who is the founder and creator of Black Girls Healing House, which is a luxury apothecary sourced and made by Black brands, as well as a center for healing practitioners focused on Black women and self-care. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I would love to get into a bit about Black Girls Healing House. Mm -hmm. I know that your growth was exponential in 2020 and then doubled again in 2021. So I'd love to just hear a bit about your process in creating it and watching it evolve. Yeah, so I created the group back in 2018, November exactly. I was going through my own healing journey. I was exploring spirituality and holistic healing practices. At the time, I was really going through really bad anxiety and depression. And like most millennial women, we could not have affordable access to mental health services. And it was kind of hard to find a Black therapist as well. So I went to the crystals and I went to yoga and I went to meditation. And while going to these classes and going to these shops and seeing all of the people who are attending and leading the classes, none of them were Black. And a day before I created Black Girls Healing House, one of my favorite wellness centers where I lived at the time was Birmingham, Alabama, They were having a wellness event. And so it was all day about freebies and yoga, meditation, and a few other things. And so I got up early to go to Kundalini Yoga. And I was the only Black girl there. And it was kind of a shock to me seeing a lot of the women kind of look at me like, oh, what is she doing here? (laughs) And having like those awkward smiles and being very uncomfortable. And, you know, this is a healing space, but you still feel that racial tension. Absolutely. Of course, the yoga was led by a Caucasian male. And he was talking about the origins of yoga and the specific day that they were celebrating. He was talking about how he spent 15 years of his life studying this practice at the Golden Temple. And I kind of felt like it was heavy on cultural appropriation. Yeah. And after class, I went and I explored some more. And I was just learning about the Orishas. And I noticed that they had like some Orisha candles. 
there. They also had some oils and they also had statues. And I'm seeing all these Caucasian people pick up these things and saying they're going to put it on their altar. They're going to light this candle. This is in the third. I'm just like, I don't know a lot about this, but some tell me you ain't supposed to be doing this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then there were like a few black people in there, you know, getting their oils and their butters and their things. But the majority of the people that were there working and participating were white. And I do remember being followed around like I was about to steal something from there. And the vibe was just very just not necessarily unwelcoming, but I wasn't comfortable. So I got home and I started thinking, I was just like, I wish there was like a space like this, but for black women. And at the time, the only thing in my power that I knew how to do was create a Facebook group. I already created a few. At the time I was, I created an admin, a spirituality group, and I was co-adminning it with a used to be friend of mine. And I got the idea instead of like just having a group for spirituality, which was fine. I really wanted to have a group for self-care and healing for Black women. While I was exploring this journey, maybe there were other women that were interested as well. So I told everyone, I was like, hey, y'all, I'm starting this separate group. It's going to be more so surrounding healing and self-care, less about spirituality, but spirituality is welcome. But this is kind of the things I'm interested in at the moment. If you're interested, please join. So we got about 200 to 500 members within that month. And we talked about, you know, self-care. We talked about beauty. We talked about vaginal care, womb care. I learned so many different things. I found out about yoni stains. And slowly the group grew and grew. The best number we had was like 1,500. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something here. (laughs) And the the vibe was amazing. And everybody just came in and they wanted to just share about like their day, what was going on, their relationships. And then the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, I just had my son. And I want to say our group had reached about I want to say we we're at 15,000 members okay. I had just had my son and I was on maternity leave I didn't plan on going back so I was, I was on maternity leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept having like this intuitive feeling that something was going to happen that was going to completely alter the world and I've had the discussion with other people I was like I don't know what it is I was like, but something is coming, something that's big. And I want to stay home and see what this is. (laughs) And out of nowhere, we was on lockdown. Mm -hmm. And our group went from a good 15,000 to, it felt like overnight, we jumped to like 30,000. Right. And from there... It was such a need for healing at the moment. The anxiety was high. People's mental health was, their entire lives just completely stopped. So they didn't know where to go. They couldn't go outside. So everybody went to online and everybody (laughs) went to Black Girls Healing House, who was a Black woman, to retreat and try to find the things that they didn't even know that they were looking for. A lot of these women didn't even know anything about meditation or samples or crystals didn't know anything about spirituality were interested in astrology and now they know about their sun moon and their rising sun Uh (laughs) (laughs) and 
the group opened up their eyes the same way that it opened up my eyes. And then they invited their friends, their friends invited their friends. Next thing you know, boom, we had 60,000. <laughs> yeah. This summer. And that, it's been amazing. It's been a ride. We even grew our, I created a clubhouse because Clubhouse got really, really popular during this time. Create a Clubhouse for Black Girls Healing House, just so we could have a deeper way to connect with each other during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, into doing Zoom calls because I know some groups were doing like, you know, Zoom meetings with each other. And I thought Clubhouse would be the perfect way. Girl, sis, when we got on Clubhouse, <laughs> it even opened up even more avenues. And then our Clubhouse grew to 15,000 members in a little over, like, less than a month. Of course. And all those members went over to the group. So it was, it was this organic growth. And I feel like I created it at the perfect time for me. Yeah. And apparently I created the perfect time for other people because at the time there really wasn't an online space that dedicated for wellness for Black women. Mm -hmm. I love so much about that. And that really makes me think about all that kind of exponential growth, and especially in a Facebook group. And because it's focused on wellness, I'm really interested in how you moderated conversations. So I think it's super easy for a Facebook group around wellness to just be folks come in, dump their trauma and ask for validation, which isn't Mm -hmm. inherently bad, but it's not exactly, I wouldn't say that's like an environment of healing. That's just an environment Mm -hmm. of everyone venting. So Mm -hmm. how have you virtually crafted that space where this is actually helping folks? This is actually a space for vulnerability and healing, as opposed to it's a space where you just come and scream about your day. Yeah. So interesting when the group got as large as it did, it did turn into a venting dumping ground. I bet. And I've been in Facebook where, groups before. I know. <laughs> it got to the point where I couldn't even take it. So mm-hmm. then I got the idea. I was like, how's the way I can shift this conversation, shift conversation so that people not only realize that this is a group to support you, but this is also a group that has everything that you need to heal you so that's when I got the idea to put healers that were in the group into the forefront of our members so Uh I created the house healer program which now you see them on our website you see all of our healers and really showcase all that they can do and encourage the healers that were in the group because a lot of the girls the healers that we have now were afraid to put themselves out there they had businesses they had products that they sold and they were just kind of just like "Mm, I don't want to be I want to be mainstream no and I don't know how this is going to be receptive and I kind of just forced them I was like no you're going to put this out here and you're going to have conversations with these people you're going to connect with them and you're going to like it Mm -hmm. and they loved it (laughs) wow (laughs) and now whenever we have posts that come through the second thing I did we did our best to try to limit posts as much as possible. And the way we did that is that we had certain days or certain posts that you could vent under. But the biggest thing is to, when you are venting, include a question in there. Right. Include, like, we need to know if you are here to just vent or do you want responses? Do you want advice? That we have to structure your posts in that sort of way. 
So whenever you see posts like that come through, immediately we'll get some of our healers that will respond because a lot of our healers are on the admin team. They'll respond. They'll give you their advice. And then you'll have our members who do a really good job at creating not only, well, we as admins, we set the tone to create a safe space, but I feel like the members help create a brave space. So they're not going to hold your hand and coddle you. And whenever you want to be validated, they're not going to do that. They're going to call you out when you're wrong. They may not have the nicest tones. I like to say we have a large number of aunties in the group and different types of aunties. You got your holistic auntie that's going to give you a herb, that's going to give you a crystal, that's going to give you a listening ear and say it in the nicest, sweetest way possible. And we got our old school aunties. So it's going to call you every single name in the book, but they're doing it out of love. Mm-hmm. But either way, you don't get the message across that we're not going to do this today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I really love what you said about creating a safe space, but then also a brave space, because I Mm -hmm. do believe that accountability is a huge part of healing, of course, Mm -hmm. but then specifically when you're trying to do so in community or next to community. One question I had from a bit earlier is, You don't need to get into this specific situation, but you mentioned that you were previously running a group with an Mm ex-friend. And I'm really interested in how, for you personally, you continue to show up in vulnerability, continue to show up and rely on others, given that humans have the capacity to disappoint you, of course. We've all are kind of dealing with that thing of, wanting that community, but also being afraid because it's just possible to get hurt. So how do you keep showing up in your vulnerability? So I like to say I have a healthy level of naivety. Naivete? I have healthy. Yes, I have that. I'm an Aries and we have the tendency, I like to say, if you look at the tarot, Aries is represented by the emperor. But I feel like there are some levels of Aries that's represented by the fool's card. So Mm -hmm. we go into situations with people with this healthy amount, well, any situation with optimism. The last thing we think is that somebody is going to betray us. The last Mm -hmm. thing we think is that somebody is going to hurt us. When our intention is pure, we assume everyone else around us have the same intentions. And when you're online and you're competing with people, well, people are competing with you and you don't know it because you're an Aries in your own little world and you're like the fool and you're about to hop off the cliff and you don't even know it, but you're like, la, 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 that's me. (laughs) (laughs) So what made it possible for me to continuously show up is because I believed in the vision that I saw for the collective. And so it was a lot of days where I was just like, I want to quit, but I was just like, there's something here that won't let me. So I'm going to continue to have my full journey and I'm going to continuously learn along the way until I get to the emperor card status. So that's like my analogy for that. That's really beautiful. I love that so much. So the strong black woman trope, we got to get into it. Yeah. (laughs) So for those listening who don't know, I'm going to need you to use your Googles today. I actually don't feel like expressing it, (laughs) but the strong Black woman trope, it's pretty much that as Black women, we're kind of taught to hold all of these identities 
while also holding the struggles of everyone else. And it's basically like expecting us to be super people. Now, working with that as a healer, or at least a facilitator for healing, how have you set boundaries for yourself as an entrepreneur, as a healer, that allows you to stay engaged with what you're doing and also honors your energy? Yes, I really love that question, by the way. This is something that I had to work on recently in my shadow work when it comes to my own individual strong Black woman trope because I wear all of the hats in my business. And I also wear all the hats in my personal life as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as an auntie. I've been labeled the rich auntie. They don't know I ain't rich, but you know, we ain't there yet. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all these different responsibilities. And one of the things that I had to learn is to set boundaries and protections with people, especially when you get larger, when your business grows and your visibility grows. A lot of people want to come in and help you. But not all these people have the best intentions when they want to come in and help you. Everyone has their reasoning for why they do and what they do. But for me, one of the things that I had to do was to learn that I couldn't do everything by myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to use my own intuition and discernment to figure out who I can trust to delegate these tasks. And once I figured out, you know, who in my circle I could trust with these tasks, I can remove some of the hats off of entrepreneurship for me Mm -hmm. and give those things away so that my energy is not being depleted with minuscule things. Another thing I had to learn to do was automate tasks so that there are, I don't have to sit here and figure out how to what email I'm going to send out today for my newsletter? What social media posts am I going to post or make today? I'm, I sit out time to have these things automated. So when someone comes and they download something, they're immediately put in an email nurturing sequence that I don't have to do that. Yeah. All of my social media posts are scheduled ahead of time. I schedule them on Mondays using Facebook's business planner, which is a lifesaver, by the way. If you're an entrepreneur, you need it because what it does, it optimizes your best peak times. So you don't have to figure that out. It'll tell you, okay, you're going to post this on Instagram at this time. You're going to post this on Facebook at this time and you get the best engagement and you'll have everything scheduled. So automation, delegating tasks and learning to set boundaries with myself and others. And that includes having a set schedule that I have. So I only work really between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. as an entrepreneur. And I get everything I need to get done, such as packing orders, designing posts, doing podcasts and interviews, taking some of my classes, getting some of my coaching done. All that is during that time. Anything before those times and after those times, my phone is on Do Not Disturb. I only hang out with my friends and my family. Don't bother me. I'm not answering you. (laughs) That's how I had to do it because I was a burnout queen because I'm also a creative and creatives are known to burn out easily. And when you're the entrepreneur and the creative and everything else, you have to preserve and protect that energy as much as possible. 
Absolutely. I really relate to that. Burnout is just so easy to get into. I feel like especially once a pandemic happened, Mm -hmm. I suddenly felt really supercharged with all the things that I could create or like produce. And then, you know, September came around and I was like, (laughs) yeah. So delegation, that's really huge. I want to just congratulate you on that already, because I think it's really hard to trust folks Mm -hmm. And even to just learn for yourself, oh, it's okay if someone does it differently than how I would do it as long as it's getting done well. Yeah. I'm interested in, you mentioned discernment and you learned how to discern using or relying on your intuition. And I'm wondering if you could share a couple specific things that have worked for you just so people get ideas for themselves. Yeah. So one, when it comes to delegation, It's a process I go through. So like every Monday or every Sunday, I'll create workflows for myself, right? I have this journal here, my law of attraction journal. And weekly, I'll write down everything that I need to do and create workflows for them. And for everything that I don't want to do and that I don't mind not having my control in, Mm -hmm. I have a section in this planner where these are the tasks I'm going to delegate to someone. And it's usually someone off of my admin team. Mm -hmm. And these are women that I've known for at least a year or so. I know that they know my brand. They respect my brand. They know the story and the origins about the brand. And they can handle these tasks in a very efficient manner. So I have like someone from my team that writes all my product descriptions because I can't do that many products. Mm -hmm. I'll have somebody that does like communications for me when it comes to communicating with the other healers and the other admins because my brain gets scattered and I get lost inside of Canva. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll forget to like email someone back. So I'll trust them to do that. But a big thing for me, is I don't work with people who don't have anything to lose. I know that sounds really, really bad, mm. but I've learned in my entrepreneurship journey that people who don't have their own businesses and don't have their own, like, the way I see, I see it kind of like my business and anything that you create comes out of your womb space. So it is yeah. your baby. So the same way I will destroy somebody, if you mess with my child, I will destroy someone with my business. Okay. So if I trust you to take care of my child, I have to have the same type of trust with you. Like if I don't trust you around my kid, I don't trust you around my business. Fair. Like, and I have to look at you the same way. If you're the same way with your creations and your businesses and your babies, and I know you and I trust you, I know that you're not going to screw me over. Because you have the same energy and the same respect. You know how it is. You know what it's like to be up at three o'clock in the morning trying to get something done or trying to feed your child. You know what it's like to put your blood, sweat, and tears and your labor into something to produce something. So you know how to respect the same thing for someone else. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. I've never heard it like that, but that's so good because it really does come down to is this person or these people, do they have the respect that I have for the work that we're doing? 
Yeah. And you can listen to like the tone on which people will refer to as your business. And if somebody calls your business a little business, don't put them on your team. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had this one, I've gone through a series of admins, horrible admins. And I would notice how in the way in which they were referred to the women and how they would speak to the women. I had one admin who I selected her as admin simply on the fact that she made great content from the group and Mm -hmm. she created engagement, but she had no respect for the women in the group. She had no sensitivity, no empathy, and she was just mean. And she had to go. Of course. She had to go because you're not creating a space that's nurturing for people to be in. And I'm getting people that are inboxing me saying that you said these things, but you're doing it underneath my Facebook business name. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me and it's like, I can't believe you said this. I was like, I didn't say this. I'm not even up at that time. And I looked, I was like, hmm, hmm. So you have to pay attention to how people refer to your business, how they refer to your customers. And again, how they feel the same way about theirs and again if they don't have anything to lose for themselves don't hire them because mm-hmm. a lot of people for a title simply to just have something to do for their own selfish reasons yeah that's really great <laughs> that's really great I've never heard it phrased like that it made something click for me so you started Black Girls Healing House in 2017 correct 2018. 2018, pardon. So that was long before all this healing and wellness industry in the Black community was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I said it first. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody know that I was the one that started hashtag happy healing. It was me. Oh, oh my goodness. Give <laughs> and her Everybody the started doing it. I started that. That's Look incredible. That's incredible. No one wants to give me credit. <laughs> I'm going to go tweet it right now. <laughs> so number one, you started this community before it was cool or more accepted in the Black community. And number two, you're from Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make an assumption. Did you grow up in a religious household? Yes, ma'am, Pam, your assumption is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is really fascinating to me because I have been leaning more into Indigenous practices, African Indigenous medicine and healing practices. And my mother, who is devoutly Christian and Seventh-day Adventist at that. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening. a seven-day Adventist friend in high school. So I know know what you're going, what you went through. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) There are certain things where I left out food for my grandma and I was really afraid to tell my mom that that's why I left the food there, like that I was giving an offering because I was afraid of her kind of feeling like it was, I don't know, demonic or, you know, I'm not super sure what I thought, but I was just nervous about using some of these practices in front of my very religious parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you went through a similar thing and kind of where you are now in terms of wellness and your family, are they engaged with what you're doing? Are they just kind of like, you do your thing, girl. That's not for me. That's not my ministry. All right. So my uncle was a pastor and I 
lived with him through my teenage years. And then I have a grandfather who's a pastor. And so my family is very, very religious. But I also have family members, they're going to accept you regardless. Kind of just do whatever you want to do. But my family is also very spiritually gifted. So I remember one time, my uncle, I think I was like 16, 17. He had a very peculiar dream. And he came to me one day. He said, God told me that you're a witch. And we need to have this conversation. I was like, you went to witchcraft? I was like, no. And at the time, I wasn't. And he was just like, hmm. And he just walked off. And I just never forgot that. And I used to always get accused of witchcraft. Always. And I never did anything with it. But I was always into Buffy the Vampire Say was my favorite show. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was my favorite show. Charmed was my favorite show. Supernatural. Everything of the occult. That It was me. Like, I loved it. They tried to suppress it, but they couldn't. And the older I got, college, like, I was still going to church, still Christian, but nothing ever really clicked. Like, it never resonated. It didn't feel in alignment. It just didn't feel like me. I was just like, something here don't add up. Something (laughs) in the pot ain't right. Something in the pot ain't right. (laughs) And it wasn't until I got married and moved to Birmingham and Birmingham, Alabama had a very different vibe than any other part of Alabama that I went to, that I lived in, actually. It was tons of metaphysical shops. It was lots and lots of Black women who were openly practitioners. And I always had an interest in it, so I would just go to the shops, and, you know, that's so I got into my crystals, and then I went to a few, it's a conjure shop that they have there. Some of the stuff I was like, hmm, but, you know, I just had to do my research on it, read a few books, and my husband at the time was, he was a Christian boy, and I had set up my altar, I had my offerings to my ancestors, and he was just like, what are you doing? I was just like, giving offerings to my ancestors. What do you think I'm doing? And he was just like, this is witchcraft. And I was just like, and? And he was just like, you're going to go to hell. And I was just like, what is hell really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is it besides higher and lower consciousness? Like, come on here. And it was one of those things. It wasn't the main thing that contributed to the demise of our relationship. It was all of him, but he said he just really could not get with it. But he still accepts me for who I am. I raised my child to be a free thinker, same way I was. I give him the option and the ability to explore. If he wants to explore and, and dabble into spirituality the same way I have, I give him the freedom. If he wants to go to church with his daddy and he wants to take communion and be mm-hmm. Christian and get baptized, that is his personal choice. It's not me to force that upon him. But I really don't talk about it unless somebody asks me. And if you come to my house and you question the things that I have, that's your business. This is my house. You can get out. That's what I'm I tell them. <laughs> but it's always, it never fails. If anything paranormal happens, everybody calls me. Mm. That's very My sister calls me. She was like, what rock do you have for depression? I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, looks like the gift was strong. <laughs> Whether or not you were tapped into it, it clearly was there from when you were younger. Yeah. And according to my lineage, like in my bloodline, shamans and high priestess, it's in my blood. So it's no way I can just deny it because those were my ancestors. Yeah, that's awesome. 
That's really cool. So have you had past life readings or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I study a lot of Ifa. One of the first readings that you get is an ancestry reading from Baba and he will tell you what your maternal lineage lineage is and your paternal lineage is. And when I tell you, if you have your ancestry DNA done, it lines all the way up. He'll tell wow. you, these are like, he told me I have about, I think 4% Native American. And he told me the exact tribe of Native American ancestry. He didn't know any of this. The exact tribe, the spirit animal that's associated with it. Spirit animal associated with my Native American tribe is the hummingbird. And he'll tell you like what it means. And the hummingbird is someone who is a healer who has multiple projects and they just water their flowers that they're growing and they tend to have burnouts and they have to learn about balance. I was like, Oh my God, that's me. It's like, you're a hummingbird. I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. So it's really neat. Yeah, definitely. Very, very cool. So in terms of your entrepreneurship, you mentioned that, you know, outside of your working hours, you're hanging out with your friends and loved ones, but I'm wondering if you have, built a community for yourself around entrepreneurship, not in the same way as Black Girls Healing House exactly, but if you have that kind of business bestie that I hear so much about, but still haven't found. (laughs) (laughs) They will find you. So I have two business communities and I feel like it's important for entrepreneurs to have a professional business community, a network of people who are, exactly where you want to be or way beyond where you would want to be. Like they don't work in the same industry, but they have so much knowledge and so much wisdom to pour into you. And then the second is a business bestie. Business bestie is someone that's on the same level as you and you guys are working to get whatever you guys are doing accomplished together. So I have both. So I have Meta Facebook Community Accelerator Program. So within that network, I've have my business coach. Her name is Naya Powell. She owns Spa Utopia. So she is a spa owner and she also has a virtual wellness spa. And she is a coach to like Fortune 500 company CEOs. Within that, I have my community of accelerator partners and other business owners that do anything from they have communities based off of helping military vets, helping women out of domestic violence situations, Latina business owners. Even I have one, it's a group, it's for women who are 50 plus and I'm 27 and I don't resonate anything with whatever they got going on, but one day I will. Like they remind me of like the black versions of the Sex and the City girls, like yeah. what they, where they are now. Yes, that's like that's how their brand is to me, and I just love everything about. It. I was like, when I'm fifty, I'm gonna be that damn fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then I have like other cohorts that I'm in, and I found all these things online. If you're like a business owner that's starting out, you can Google accelerator programs. If you are like in the beauty industry, Aveno has a celebrated program that they just came out with that they're taking applications for. And the great thing about these, they give you not only the 
network that you need. They give you the education that you need and they give you the funding that you need to get your business off the ground. And all these things are free. Some cohorts you do have to pay for, but you'll see a big return on your investment. And Verizon has one as well. I'm in the Verizon one and they have group coaching. They have classes. And whenever you enter like these Zoom meetings and group coaching sessions, you get like a list of everybody's name and you can find them on LinkedIn and you can build relationships with them outside of the program on LinkedIn professionally. And then I have my business bestie that I met here. And it's weird how we're in alignment because we've lived in the same places together and didn't know we even existed. I used to live in Auburn, Alabama. I was a manager at a retail store. She lived there too. Had no idea. She also lived in like Birmingham too. Had no idea. We lived there at the same time. And now we both live in Mobile. And we were Facebook friends this whole time. Had no idea she lived here. And she was just like, hey, I'm into like credit and real estate. I was like, girl, I need my credit fix and I want to buy a house. (laughs) She was just like, well, I need help with branding. I was like, I'm a creative. I do branding. So we got together. So every month or so we'll meet up and we'll have drinks. She works on my credit. I work on her website. We go do yoga together. We go have drinks. We go to drag shows. We have toddlers. Let our toddlers play. So that's like my current business bestie. And then I have... She's introducing me to like her other black girls and finance world and finance is not a strong suit to me. I always say find someone who has a strong suit that you don't have because it's a lot that you can learn and it's a lot of wisdom and knowledge and resources that they have that you didn't know. So always find someone that is different from you. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's so exciting. <laughs> yes, you'll find one. You'll find them. They're going to come. Let's have I accept out there. Great. Cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. Ooh, okay. I love tasty answers. <laughs> Thank you for this shimmy because this is how I, I also shimmy when I talk about it. <laughs> I'm known for the shimmy. I can't dance back and shimmy. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. What do you do to keep your wellness routines fresh? So I have my favorite wellness app and I'm not a big person on apps because it's hard for my brain to keep up with all these things. My favorite app is called the Shawnee Nichols app. It is an astrology app, but it's also if you pay for the pro membership, you get your astrology horoscope, your transits, your natal chart, but you also get meditations, you get journals, you get a list of herbs and crystals to use, and it updates every week. And one of the things I didn't like about certain apps that I get bored easily, I'm Aries, I'm a Gemini moon, very short attention span. But with the app updating every Sunday, I know I have something new to look forward to every week. So it keeps me like motivated to do my meditation, do my journal, know what crystals I'm going to work with for this week. And it keeps things fun. So yeah, that's my thing. Shawnee Nichols app. Awesome. What is your favorite physical object at the moment? Whether that's a crystal or an herb or a candle, what have you? My favorite physical item, I mentioned it before, is my planner. Mm-hmm. The Law of Attraction Planner. Mm-hmm. I got it from Amazon. It was only like $24. Mm-hmm. I'm a planner girl. I love planners. I've had Kate Spade planners, mostly because of the label, because I like labels. I had Lily Pulitzer. Again, label. I've had 
the happy planner and I've had the passion planner. I like the passion planner. I really, truly did. But the passion planner doesn't have a lot of colors for this year. So I was like, these colors are gross. Then I found this law of attraction planner. And this is like, this stays in my Kate Spade purse. This stays with me at all times next to me. And it keeps my life together. And it helps me manifest my dreams. That's awesome. And look, I love stationery. I am also a journal, like agenda lady. Mm -hmm. And it has to be physical. I, I don't do digital stuff. No, it really does not work for me <laughs> to try and have any organization online. Shouts to you digital heads, though. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get into, there's one, it's a Facebook group called Black Girls Who Digitally Plan. Uh-huh. I joined to see if I like it. I hated it. But there's <laughs> one, it's called, not the group, but I just hated the mm-hmm. concept of like digital stuff. No, I didn't like it. But there's another one, I think it's called Black Girls Who Plan. And it's mm-hmm. all for like Black girls who love stationery. And I felt at home there. Yes, I feel at home just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> and the last question is, how do you measure time? Ooh, so the way I measure time in like a metaphysical sense or in like an organizational sense. Whatever feels good to you. Okay, to metaphysically, time ain't really real. But, you know, that's a whole long story that that's going to take a while for me to explain. <laughs> When I found out how reality works, my mind was blown. But anyway, (laughs) it was like, none of this is real. Yeah. No. So the way I like to do my time, again, I'm a planner girl now. As an entrepreneur, you have to be a planner person. So I take my task and I divide them up by what can be done in an hour and what can be done in 30 minutes. So I'll write the task down. I break it down into subtasks. And I learned this from my coach. And I also learned how to manage and plan out time through, I think it's Tony Robbins. But the Tony Robbins method was cute, but it still didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. But the method that my coach showed me, when you break down one task into smaller tasks, and then you take those smaller tasks and you give it a time frame. So for example, one of the things that I do that takes me the longest is uploading products to my website. So I'll delegate and pay someone on my team to write the descriptions for me. And then I break down how long it's going to take me to take photos of the product. So I'll say, okay, it's going to take me 30 minutes to take photos of this product. So I'll write that down, 30 minutes. I'll say it's going to take me 30 minutes to edit this product photo, 30 minutes. I'll say it's going to take me an hour to get all of these uploaded, copied, and pasted to the site. So that's an hour. So I go into my schedule and I see when, where in my schedule do I have them, you know, about two hours to do something. And then I'll say at 9.30, I'm going to take these photos. So it's going to take me 30 minutes. I should be done at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, I'm going to edit these photos and I'm going to be done at 10.30. From 10.30 to 11.30, it's when I'm going to upload it to the site. It's going to take me an hour. And then at 12 p.m., I'm done. And that's my task for the day. And I move on to something else. So that's how I do time. But in metaphysical sense, you know, it's all a construct, you know. Yes. Nothing really exists. It only exists in your brain. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. I remember one time I went on a cruise with my parents and one morning the captain like goes on the 
speaker. And it's like, hey, your phones are going to say that it's 11 a.m., but on this boat, it's 12. And I was like, oh, so do this that. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not real. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you ever watch the movie The Matrix. Yes, of course. Yes, you live in The Matrix, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cacao, that concludes the seedling round. So we like to end on two things. The first is, what is your greatest ambition? My greatest ambition is to actually build a physical Black girls healing house. Mm-hmm. That's my greatest ambition. Yes. Like, Sending that to you. Black women's retreat spa type thing. It's going to be, I see it in my mind. It's going to have salt caves. It's going to be yeah. lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm down. And finally, what is the question of the week? What is the question of the week? Ooh. What gifts am I overlooking that can bring in money to me today? Love that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Delilah. This has been a really awesome episode. Where can people connect with you? You guys can connect with me, of course, on Facebook. My Facebook name is Delilah Antoinette. You can find us in our Facebook group, Black Girls Healing House. On Instagram, Black Girls Healing House. I'm also on Instagram. I think it's Aries underscore Sunflower in the same way with Twitter, Aries underscore Sunflower. But definitely follow us on Clubhouse because we still have Clubhouses going. One of my healers, Wilda, she's an astrologist. She does Clubhouses every Friday talking about Venus and your feminine brand. And those are very powerful rooms. It brings in the people, it brings in the healing, it brings in the clarity that you need and gives you the confidence that you need as a woman to stand firm in your own original brand of femininity. Incredible. You guys go check that out. Thank you so much for speaking with me. This has been awesome. And thanks to the listeners for lending me your ears yet again. Hope everyone has a great week. Thank you. 